Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, and with me all the way from the land of the whales is the gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Steve Parsons. Hello. Good evening. Yeah. So we're lucky we have an extra day this month. We do, and I'm using it wisely. Leap day. So how is that even scientific? We just throw a day in. No, <laughs> it's because each year, uh, the because of the each day isn't twenty four hours, and each year isn't precise. It's actually three hundred and sixty five and a quarter days. So you can't add a quarter day. So what they do is every fourth year they add a whole day. Well, simple. that's no, it is not simple because it's inaccurate. Um, so we're saying 24 hours in a day, and we're not having 24 hours a day. Why don't you just have the proper time in the day, and you won't have this problem? Can you imagine the hassle in your watch? Same. Um, just look, what time is it? It's it's 23 and 97 sixty-fourths past 4 o'clock. That nah, won't work. It's accurate. I thought we straight for... The method we have now is scientifically accurate, too. It's just a different way of doing it. No, they just tow it another day for yeah. no particular reason at all. And it helps us remember which year the Olympics are as well. Yeah. I never thought of it that way, but thank you. Now I know. There you but, go. See? I don't know. Happy to oblige. It just seems so archaic. Something um, that, that'll be changed as long as, the, as well as the camera calendar, the whole calendar will be changed. It'll be more precise. Well, it has changed once. It famously changed in the 17th century when we switched between the Gregorian and the Julian calendars and threw, and threw is it, about 13 days away. Yeah, it seems Which so. is interesting from a point of view from, from these cyclical haunts, mm. um, you know, which are yeah. purported to take place on the anniversary of the event, which, of course, if they were under the... If they were, yeah, if they were under the old calendar, would they take place on the calendar day or the true anniversary, which would be separated by, I think, 13 or 14 days? Well, that, that could happen every day. I mean, every year. It's not the time, really. It's just the calendar that we go by. It's not the real time that it happened. It happened one day in 28 seconds or whatever the hell it is. It's It's not the real actual time that it occurred well it'll only the real actual time it occurred will only chronological occur once won't it real time well no i mean if I mean, we sell, all right do you ha, do you celebrate christmas yeah no i understand do you celebrate all your birthday yes i understand all that that's well, we celebrate anniversaries arbitrary and there are arbitrary tales of ghosts that come back Annually or on anniversary. It's not their anniversary. It's not really. It's changed. We've added a, a date to that calendar since the last time that it had their anniversary. Uh, no, 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 no. They've been adding leap years for a long time. It isn't the recent invention. No, no, no. We've added another date to the calendar. 
We've added lots of days to the calendar. So if, so if you were a ghost and you died on February 29th, yeah. okay, you, you wouldn't pop around for another four years? That's a bull, if you ask me. Because that's well, not real. That's just a made-up time that we use to mark wherever this world we live in. Well, of course, we, we have to mark it time. Otherwise, so, we wouldn't know what time is. I mean, it... Time is a, the standard of time is is actually quite recent in terms of a universal standard, and it was derived primarily, uh, certainly in Britain and America, by the railways, because uh, because where we are in West Wales, we are under Greenwich Mean Time, mm-hmm. so our time is set by the clocks on the zero meridian in Greenwich in London, right. So, sunset in London takes place at a certain time, GMT. Our show starts at a certain time, GMT. However, we are actually nearly 19 minutes later, because we're so far west, like you're five hours behind us, we're 19 minutes behind London. But that didn't work for the railroads, the railways in the UK or America. What was happening was people were turning up late for the trains. So Mm -hmm. they introduced railway time, where every station on on a route um, or on a railroad company used the same standard time, which was set from from London. Mm -hmm. And so that you knew... Everybody knew what time the trains left, and platforms and stations used to have clocks displaying local time and railway time. Mm-hmm. Well, railway time eventually became uh, universal time, Greenwich Mean Time, and we all set our clocks to a common standard. Like in Ireland, for example, um, who are even further west, on the far west coast of Ireland, they're nearly an hour behind London. In reality, if you measure the sunset moment in mm-hmm. London and then in the west, the far west coast of Ireland, <laughs> however, they use the same time clock. So it's still six o'clock. It's just that the sun sets an hour later no, in Ireland. No, it's just arbitrary six o'clock. It's, it's not an, real, it is, You're absolutely right. It's an arbitrary six o'clock because we have to decide on some standard. Right. So, but all I'm saying. Otherwise, we wouldn't know what time to start. If we didn't, if we didn't have a time standard, then we wouldn't know what time the show started. Because for me, it would start. You say, okay, we're going to start the show at eight o'clock Greenwich Mean Time, three o'clock Eastern. That's fine. But eight o'clock Greenwich Mean. But if I was setting to my own eight o'clock, it would actually be eight eight nineteen. Mm-hmm. And I turn up 20 minutes late for the show every week. That's far more accurate. It would be accurate but to... to uh, a, a, now, w- there is actually a scientific standard of time, which is set... Uh, I can't remember what it's actually called. It, mm-hmm. it, it actually revol- it involves space-time. And um, they write... Uh, scientists will write time, astronomers particularly, will write time differently. Um, and that doesn't bear any relationship to Greenwich Mean Time. Exactly. So yeah, so, we, we have to go. have a standard. It's an Eastern Time for our own convenience. Uh, yeah, Central Time, uh, Pacific, Greenwich, European Time Zones are all for our convenience. 
otherwise we wouldn't know what time to get up for work or finish work or start radio shows totally or in radio shows. Totally understand that. But, well, it's just... but, but we all understand that, right? So it's perfectly, you know, if you're going to argue that ghosts are intelligent... Uh, I never argue that. No, if you were if you were going, I said if you were going to argue no certain yes, then they might they might understand that concept that we've adjusted uh, regional. So, However, they might not. If it was if you want to do hypothesis, and and you believe that there is a residual haunting that occurs at a certain time all the time, then that residual haunted would not really be the same time all the time because it's really based on true time and not our arbitrary well, it would time. It was not, not called true time. It would be called elapsed time. Whatever. But you know what I'm saying. But yeah. So that if it, if it recycled itself every 12, 24, 48 hours, then it would be... Or, or even or every three hundred and sixty-five times twenty-four point whatever point zero two five hours, mm-hmm. which is how many hours there are in a day. Anyway, yeah. So we have a leap day to cut to. It rebalances the ca- the calendar every I fourth year. That. I'm uh, just saying it's not really scientific. Actually, it's more for our company. Well, it is. It is no, scientific. It is. Because well, it is because if you if you talk about the Celsius uh, uh, scale, the Fahrenheit scale, you know, scale, they you are scientifically uh, were accurate mm-hmm. because we all work to the same standard. Science is not about the the the, the universe's time. All right, so not yeah, truth time, real time. Real time, uh, real time. That's when, when you're measuring anything, be it Celsius, be it temperature, be it water level, be it fueling your, be it fueling your in your gas tank, mm-hmm. be it time, providing you are all using the same and agreed standard, then it's scientifically acceptable. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, that's my little yeah, rant on on time. Well, I'm using it wisely. What are you doing on leap day? What's that? Well, what are you going to use your extra day for? Time. Uh, okay. So it doesn't really so, matter to me what, when it is. What, I just go strictly in a, in a seven-day cycle. The dates okay. are really unimportant. All right. So you haven't set any dates for Spirit Quest, then? You asked me what I was doing on the 29th. Nah, you said you don't it's go back. That were you, said you go in seven-day blocks. You don't go by calendar timing. Yet you've set dates for Spirit Quest using the calendar. Right on the arbitrary time scale. Well, you asked me what saying. I was doing, not what I was scheduled. I was, say, I was saying, are you doing anything with your extra day this year? I have no extra day, as far as I'm concerned. You do. You have 366 of them this year. Unless you're going to celebrate New Year a day before everybody no, else. No, to me, it's just Friday. Uh, Saturday, excuse oh, me. So, so you ask, you, so you, you. I like the cycle, seven day cycle. This is Monday. So, so is why a, don't you, when you do Spirit Quest, then, why don't you, do, no, because why don't you do. That's all it is. That's one for other well, people. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why for you, other people, not for me. Well, so why aren't you, I've never seen you put down, come, come to Spirit Quest. Uh, you asked me what I was doing, on, not what I, 40, I was writing we, down, what I was doing this. Week 47. Day six. Because that's what you should be saying. Or cycle 47, day six. I understand that. 
You ask me my time. I, I look at oh, like time I not by the calendar, but by the day of the week. Really? You yeah. ask, what about my extra day? The 29th okay. to me is no day than, different than February 8th or whatever. It's, it's another Friday or another Saturday. You ask what I was doing. My schedule is a different thing. That schedule is for other people so they know what I'm doing. Do you know what you did? I have no clue now. <laughs> I don't know how we got time, but let's, let's let that. Well, I'm going. Uh, I, I'm 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 out ghost hunting on Saturday for the first time in quite a long time. There we go. In so fact, that, yeah, you're in actually doing the first time since mm-hmm. I was over your side of the pond. Where are you going? I'm running a. It's a, funny enough. It's another charity event raising money for the local scout troop. Oh, the one uh, is the one that got postponed. The one that got weather weather postponed last year. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. So it's been rescheduled. We thought we'd we'd use the extra day wisely. Good idea. Because that happens. way, I can do a I can do a ghost investigation without impinging on my normal three hundred and sixty five day calendar. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> and we sold out. So there we. Go. That's even better news. Excellent. Even better. I'm so happy. And paranormal kitties coming too. Oh, excellent. You're going to bring the little kitty toy, too? Oh, God, yeah. Okay, there you go. Goes me to pro. Got to have the gadgets. Mm. So, anyways, I do have some sad news. Well, I have some very sad news. Oh? Do you want to go first? Well, I brought it up. Don't my sad most count? Yeah, go ahead. You have to one-up me? Not let me have... News? No, I was just because you said it, it reminded me that I have too. I didn't want to forget. Mm. Okay. Get on with it. So anyways, uh, this is a really, really uh, drawback for science. Um, it's, a, like I said, a very sad day. Because in Boston, California, self-styled Daredevil died Saturday after his homemade rocket in which he launched himself, crashed to the ground, and he died. Mad Mike Hughes, a flat earther, um, built a rocket ship, shot himself into space, uh, forgot to take his parachutes, evidently, and uh, soon learned about gravity. And did you came, see the video? I did. Left yeah, his car- well, yeah. parachutes behind. Yeah, the earth is still round. He is very flat. He is very, very flat. So it, that's did my It did splat, didn't it, into the desert? Mm, it did. It, was, it and, was. It was very. Do you know when I saw the video? I know it was, you shouldn't, but I was reminded of. Uh, do you remember Wiley e. Coyote? I oh yeah. Do you remember he goes off the cliff and he goes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like a. Well, he he died what he was in, enjoying. Yep. Yep. Also, uh, you know, this was being filmed by uh, the Science Channel, so. Well, there's been, there's actually been, and I think quite legitimately, questions asked about that because they, it was obviously uh, doomed uh, from the start. Wow! No, he, he did, wait a minute. I did see footage of this rocket he launched before with nobody on board, and it was successful. Uh, not to the altitude he he envisioned. Anyway, the yeah. fact that the fact that this whole thing was most likely never going to end. Well, people have been legitimately saying, because the Science Channel backed it, funded it, and promoted it, 
Mm-hmm. Are they in some way, were they in some way, you know, a, a motivating, driving force on the whole thing that made him felt obliged to do this crazy stunt? No, because he's don't call him Mad Dog for nothing. He would have done it. Mad Mike. Excuse me, not Mad Dog. Mad it Mike. Was, it was a spectacular ending, though. I'll give him that. It was. You know? Heads up to it. Yeah, there's a plus. There's a plus for the flat Earth uh, society. Well, it's not flat in Boston now. There's a hole in it. It's it's flat. Mm. It's got a new little speed bump in it. <laughs> An inverted one. But genuinely, some sad news uh, because oh, okay. uh, a couple of weeks ago. That's not genuine sad news. Well, not for me. poor Mad Mike's family. It is. They might yes. just. Well, the thing is, given given the nickname and his propensity for doing crazy stuff, they're probably just glad to see the end of him. No comment. Uh, anyway, yes, uh, real professor, professor Donald West. What? Uh, professor Donald West, a former president of the Society for Psychical Research. Uh, if you remember my talk on Hellish uh, Now. Uh, he's been a past president of the SPR, eminent uh, mm-hmm. uh, psychical researcher. He oh, wow. passed away at the age of 93. Uh, God bless him. Two weeks ago. And uh, this week, one of the most respected doyens um, of what, 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 matri- what, what, what? A, a matriarch of psychical research. Doyens? What's a doyen? Uh, a leading light. Okay. But one of the true giants of British world psychical research, yes, uh, Mary Rose Barrington. Oh, that I heard. Uh, creator of she investigated Enfield, uh, but creator of the Jottle, or the Jot, which was J O T T, which famously referred to just one of those things, which oh. was uh, um, a manner of describing certain classes of paranormal phenomena. She passed away uh, peacefully age 94 uh, this week, which was very sad news. Hmm. So we lost two two of the greats of British and indeed world psychical reasons. Did they die the same day? day? No, no, no. No. Who died first? Uh, Professor West. Did he? Okay. Um, So there we are. Some, there's some genuinely, uh, neither of them plummeted to their deaths in a steam-powered rocket. No, did they? No, okay, never mind. No comment. Wow, that's that's, that's sad news. You'd have Especially. thought that, like, it's a shame about that parachute going off so soon, though, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, even given that parachute thing, it didn't look like it had the oomph to get very high anyway. No. No, it, yeah, it, didn't I mean, that, really, it didn't really look good. That's well, that, that parachute didn't really do much by way of slowing it down, did it? Because it sort of came off the launch ramp, leaving the parachute behind. Mm. Well, the parachute did flutter back to Earth. Yeah, well, uh, well, that's what it's supposed to do. Uh, it just wasn't attached to the rocket. Yeah, but it that's, didn't. Uh, that's it, a big it just whoops. went up, and it, it like didn't really gain altitude, did it? It just kept going up, and then. Well, you probably what happened is the parachute caught and it created drag on the on the rocket and was able. Wasn't the thing able, is, it left the parachute. It's true velocity, but it left the parachute behind, didn't it? Yeah, the parachute but, was attached virtually at launch. But it was attached, so there must have been that 
slow white resistance. Cal's Connell again, my God. The other thing that, that, that perplexed me about that launch was the fact that um, in addition to the, the, the rocket actually seemed to run out of rocket. The rocket tend to run out of it rocket. Didn't, it didn't. Well, if you look at and put in um, SpaceX or Apollo, those mm-hmm. those rockets burn for several minutes, don't they, on right. the way up? Oh, he wasn't this, going that far though. Luke, well, he said he was going high enough to see if the Earth was flat. Yeah. Well, no, you need a bit more, like a hundred feet, and you can see the the round. I think he'd need. I think he'd need a bit more propulsion than he'd actually had. I think yeah, that's I, I think he did a lot more than he had, to tell you quite frankly. Well, it, I don't think it was the propulsion was the issue. In fact, he might have survived if he'd had less propulsion, because he wouldn't have gone as high. I doubt it. But anyway, you know, there goes. A, a man who died in the interest of science. Doing what he wanted to do. Well, he created an experiment. He, he came up with a hypothesis, he set about testing it, and he realised that the hypothesis was flawed. It was error. experimental method was flawed. Yeah, that's sad. Very sad. <laughs> well, moving on to much <laughs> better things, I'm sure. Uh, somebody uh, sent me a request on Facebook, of course, and it was to join this group, of course. And he created this fantastic new machine that allows us to speak with the dead. And uh, I sent you a link to it. It's called the Clotus Box Spirit Box. The Cultus Box. Yeah, whatever. Well, he's British. Yeah, he is. So that tells you something right there. So, I, did you happen to take a look at this little? I actually, I, I, I was already aware of it. Oh, you were. I was were you aware of it. The group uh, too? I, no, I'd found it uh, through other other means, but uh, I, I, in fact, uh, Do you the have guy, no, the oh. guy. The, the guy came to came to my attention before the box because before uh. the box or as the box was releasing it also came there was also an app a smartphone oh. app variant of the box really this is interesting so if you if you google cultus no I don't want to give it any publicity oh, I do I want to talk well the cultus box and there is I have some problems with this box Really? Mm. Have, you, have you got one? No, I wish I'll knock it until you tried it. Well, I have some problems with it. All right, let's knock it. From what the videos that I have seen on it, <laughs> there, there's one of them, uh, which this is the one that really kind of hurt me a little bit. It, it shows them in a castle or something uh, or whatever, some Thing. And he's talking about how thick the walls are and how uh, radio waves couldn't possibly penetrate them. And yet this box has an antenna. Mm-hmm. What the hell is that for then? So the radio waves can be picked up by it. Oh, but you can't because it can't penetrate this place. And yet he had all these great words coming through that, well, at least one. Well. <laughs> Well, well, yeah, a, a simple little experiment that, that I inadvertently carried out a few years ago ah. will, render, will render that 
statement of his meaningless because we were in Pembroke Castle and we were inside the main keep and the walls of Pembroke Castle's main keep uh, and it's sealed at the top as well um, are approximately 18 foot thick at the base where we were Oh goodness! so you're surrounded on all four sides by this 18 foot thick stone wall goodness gracious and you can pick up the radio perfectly well Mm. it doesn't do the VHF really well but it will pick up the AM band better um, but it will pick up the VHF band. It's just, you know, it's just not great. It's like driving into a tunnel. You know, you can get most of the way through, some of the way through, and then the signals fade out, and then it'll pick mm-hmm. up again. And, uh, and it's important because it's it's attached to a K2 meter. Well, that's. That, I mean, there are also videos where it's attached to a dolly. Yes, yes, this is the one of them I am looking to. The Victorian but... one. Yeah. Because obviously Victorian dollies attract attention by the ghosts and spirits. Even though they look, it's a bit like by, a, by the way, these dollies look like almost brand new. They are brand new. It's a bit like sticking, you know, I don't know, some electronic trickery into a stuffed toy cat. And charging how much for it? I wouldn't like to say because. Oh, well, I would. Um, it's about one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, that's. You know, well, it does have a steel box. What, the cat? No, not the cat. <laughs> oh, well, each one's numbered. He's put a sticker on it with a number on it. I do like that uh, fancy uh, lettering he put on it. He's... And I've noticed if you look at the numbering, if you look at the later ones, he's got the drilling. You know, we just drilled out the holes in the front for the speaker. Yes, right. So it's, it's, ne- it's neater. It now looks like it's been properly made and not chewed out by some by a squirrel. But I mean, he even has little stickers for the Anna, the uh, volume and the sweet, yeah. And circuit, circuit wine too. It's like fine wine. Yeah, and it does exactly the same as for for three times the cost of an SB7. There you go. I just. Uh, it is louder than an SP7. Yeah, I would imagine. Cause Everything's louder than an SP7. Yeah. But it's just another. How many of these bloody boxes have we got? These little tin pot squawk boxes um, that claim to. And they're all just exactly the same. They're all just versions of a broken radio. Well, I, I'm really. You know, for this particular one, I am not. Uh, I'm very disappointed because uh, it has absolute. Absolutely uh, no lights on it at all, which really annoys well, me. Well, the, the thing... The, if I'm going to buy a pretty box like that, I want to make sure I have lights on it. Well, that Don't you? Unique, well, that's its unique selling point, isn't it, this one? Because this one is a back-to-basics spirit box. Oh, it's back-to-basics. It, does, it doesn't need flashy lights. It just has special circuits. But I like flashy lights. Well... You can add them. I mean, if you want flashy lights, then you have to go to a Huff Paranormal, one of his wonder boxes with not just flashy lights. Uh, it has twisted bits of copper wire crystals. Oh, God. Uh, fairy light. Full, a, full, a full deck of fairy lights from a Christmas tree. Oh, that's good. Uh, Is that the one that has the plasma light, too? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's me. Oh, we had to take a break. I missed all of that. We'll be back. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Am I dying? Coronavirus! 
I didn't see any. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. universe it is the second part of ghost chronicles international where we left part one with ron and about of coronavirus and uh, uh, discovering that he can't see the presenter chat on skype yeah i'm so, typing stuff in and i'm not well, we can it. see it anyway uh, yeah well how am i going to host is new england's own van helsing and over this side you got the, the gold standard in ghost hunting and we were character assassinating the cultist paranormal oh, no. box. We were, we were, uh, what's the word for it? Um, assassinating. Reviewing, reviewing. You can't review a piece of crap. <gasps> I would never say that. I just did. I know. Oh. That's besides the point. Well, there we are. I would never say that. I, I don't know why people part with some, I mean, what possesses people to part with money for these, for these things? Because they're and then you for don't. The... I do. You don't. You just go. I don't. Oh, please give me that thing. I need it so badly. I well, want any guana. That little part is <laughs> <laughs> a little bit true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. once in a while, I I spit out my own hard money. <clears throat> really? And sure, I wow. bought that ghost feeder pro you stole for me. <laughs> And how many of them did you end up with? That's besides the point. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> ho. And I paid for that uh, Eddie box that you stole for me. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh, you did give me the glasses with the holes in it. There we are, then. Yeah, that's, that's well worth it, too. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, we were talking about this lovely box, which I don't know. I, I've left it's it, so. just another one of these devices, isn't it? Mm. That people think that they can use to talk to dead people. Mm. Or worse, I mean, I, there are examples where animals have been reportedly... Uh, a ghost dog in the UK was reported to be communicating via a spirit box. 
And he really? wasn't, yeah, apparently wasn't barking either. Oh, he spoke uh, English, broken English. Well, of course, we all know about that lion that the uh, dentist killed that spoke, not only spoke very good English, but was was also a great philosopher as well. So, yeah, I guess that, that happens. We just don't understand it. Unless you're a medium, of course. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, all amazing things. Anyways, today's show is brought to you, as it always is, by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts. And also, without further delay, is the Gallant Messier Family Law Group on um, 4 High Street, Suite 155, North Andover, Massachusetts. Good divorce lawyer if you need one. Even if it is only four years. Every four years. <laughs> anyway, I just still I can't figure out why I, I can't get to see your your remarks. Anyway, all right, so you're going to have to handle the rest of it because I can't see anything. Well, you should hear the bell. Oh, yeah, I should hear that. That would be good then. Okay. All right, so we've let the uh, cord of this box go on. Whatever the hell it is. Yeah, we don't want to promote it too much. People might actually go out and buy them bloody things. I read a great article. Or rather, they might go out and buy them, and then you can beg for to give them to you. I, I wrote a great article. I read a great article. The broken technology of ghost hunting. I thought it was a right on. Anyway, that's nice. Uh, Ready, Kenny Biddle. Ooh, there's a word. What, Kenny Biddle? Mm. That's a real person, an American investigator and skeptic, hard-nosed skeptic, who is who is actually one of the people responsible for debunking the, uh, the Zach Bagans book, Ghost Hunting for Dummies. Oh, okay, there you go. So there you go. Uh, yeah, Kenny uh, did a lot of good work unraveling all of the plagiarism. Hmm. Very good. Which wasn't plagiarism, because apparently Troy Taylor decided that he was going to take the rap for it. Um, well, it was plagiarism by Troy well, Taylor. Well, yeah, but the, the scary thing about that is he starts off by saying, and we did this at the time, but he starts off by saying, I've written over 130 books. Well, you think you'd understand a little bit about bloody plagiarism then, wouldn't you? Mm. And then well, he had a, then, then, unfortunately for Troy Taylor, because there was a development to that, because after... Oh, there's more to this? Oh, yeah, because after Taylor had said, um, I'm full, I'm responsible, it's my it's my bad, mm-hmm. uh, Kenny Biddle released a series of emails that he, he had had an email exchange with Troy Taylor uh, prior to the article, Kenny's uh, reveal going public, mm. and uh, in which T- Taylor had said, yes, he was aware of the plagiarism and that he had uh, dealt with it uh, and had received, uh, I don't know whether it's actually said payment for it, but implied that the issue had been resolved between him and Zach. Um, mm. So clearly there was plagiarism by mm-hmm. whoever was the, the author, and somehow Taylor has ended up volunteering to take the rap for it. Fell on his sword. I mean, that's kind of amazing because Troy Taylor's been around forever and he has written like a hundred books. So he's well, I mean, guy. you know, I mean, Kenny Biddle is notorious for taking things to pieces um, mm. and, t- and taking people to task. Notably, of course, uh, our mutual friend Cody Desbian uh, and the Catball. 
Oh, he's the one who did that, huh? He's the one who realised, he took one apart, he looked at it, he compared to one he got from the pet store and realised it was one and the same thing. Oh, no, it has a better dry, gyro in it. No, it, that's, he, 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 it was the exact same gyro. I, Whatever. But, then, but apparently Cody wasn't aware of that because he'd specified a better sensor. From China. From China. Before they got the virus. Um, they probably so, of course... So, of course, uh, you know, it was a case there, I think, of Cody perhaps being stitched up by his Chinese uh, manufacturer. Could be. Uh, didn't stop him selling the thing, continuing to sell the remaining stock, though. No, why not? A ghost detector. A buck's a buck. Hey, they use dolls, but those... Well, like, hang on then. Well, on that basis, well, but on that basis, then, a buck's a buck, why were you criticising the quarters box earlier? Buck's a buck. I wasn't criticizing. I was criticizing the operation of it. That's all. I mean, the science behind it, basically. A broken radio, and somebody else is prepared to pay for it. Then. Did I? I was the one that gave it more press than you wanted to. So, because it's a piece that. of crap. No, well, that's besides the point. It is a piece of crap. This guy's no, probably you know, in, his, in his kitchen drilling holes in his wife's The guy's he probably his, things off that flounder. The guy's probably in his kitchen having made quite... I mean, he sold well over 100 of them. Yeah. And what? They're, they're probably pennies to make. Yeah, more than pennies. So, you know, he's done well. He's an entrepreneur. Okay. Anyway... Let's move on to somebody who knows what they're doing. The royal family. Huh? The royal family. Oh, man. They know what they're doing. Apparently they do. Because you don't of... Yeah, because... Uh, yeah, go on. Yep. Get rid of that bloody American. Uh, anyways. <laughs> she did that to herself. <laughs> uh, British Monarch's Coronation Day is a joyous occasion, but it also carries a lot of pressure. It sometimes goes wrong. During the coronation ceremony, royal superstition considers it to be a bad omen for the sovereign. Any mishaps would be a uh, prediction of an unsuccessful reign. And so they, they, they look at some of the things that uh, they consider bad omens. And the gorgeous sapphire spotted on Princess Diana, now Kate Middleton's engagement ring, isn't just there for decoration. Since medieval time, royal jewelry has sparkled with gemstones believed to hold mythical powers. Sapphires in particular are known for their deep, deepened devotion and loyalty, as well as bringing financial prosperity and stability. Uh, superstitious Queen Victoria wore a sapphire on her wedding day, too. So there you go. Was Albert wearing one? I doubt it. He was a bit wrong there, didn't it? Wasn't the little Indian Indian guy, the guy from India? He wore one. I don't know. Does it mention the uh, the notorious coronation of William uh, William the First, William the Second, uh, William the First? Yeah. Well, I'll William the Conqueror. I, I don't know, but you, if you have something on it, please speak up. Well. William the Conqueror, you know, 1066 and all that, came over, beat the British at the Battle of Hastings, um, and then on Christmas Day of 1066, went to Westminster Abbey to be crowned King William I of England. Uh, the British people, by this point, or the Lords, uh, the, were 
celebrating his his um, coronation by mm-hmm. cheering loudly from outside the abbey. Ah, oh, that's nice. Unfortunately, William's troops, um, who were inside the abbey, took the noise uh, to be a riot and an attack. Uh-huh. I went ah. outside and yeah, so they went outside and massacred everybody and burnt it, burnt all the houses down. Well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a bit like, oh, uh, I think you got the wrong end of the stick there, pal. Yeah, it goes to show. So, yeah, so yeah, no cheering during coronations because they'll come and burn your house down. So did you know about this thing? For more than three hundred years, exactly six to seven. How is it exactly? It's six to seven. Anyway, exactly six to seven ravens have lived in the Tower of London. Oh, God, yeah. Right. We all know about the Tower of London ravens. And re- legend, should the ravens ever leave the Tower, then England will fall. There you go. See, we don't know that in America. Um, I knew you would be good with this. We grew up with this sort of stuff. I know, but this is important Cause our, stuff. Because we're all we're all royal files here in the United States. Well, yeah, but, a, well, we did kill one, um, and we had a brief go at being a republic. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, a commonwealth. We weren't a republic. We were a commonwealth, um, and it didn't work. So we got the king back. Mm. Um, so here's another one you might know, which goes right along with that. Uh, another fascinating ritual associated with the Tower of London is called the Ceremony of the Keys. Yes. Every evening, um, the yeoman warders uh, go marching to lock up the tower. And there is they get challenged by the guard who says, Stop! Who goes there? And they shout, It's the keys! Whose keys? Queen Elizabeth's keys. Enter keys. All is well. Ah, uh, that's so special. Oh, if you're ever looking for something to amuse my, amuse yourself, and I'm talking to all our listeners, just not just not the ladies. Uh, yeah, not well. Yeah, the ladies too. Is if you go on, uh, probably YouTube, uh, and you can see at. Uh, some of these idiot tourists getting in the way of the royal guard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not yeah. a good thing. Well, they're there to do a job. I've seen similar things, actually, at the, the, the U.S. version of the, is it the, the tomb of the... I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. In Washington, where uh, there was a, there's a great video of the Japanese tourists coming up with a camera um, and getting in the way of the two guards. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really feel I really feel bad well. for the the guy the royal guys that they're they're, they're, they're called beef eaters right those those particular ones no they, no no they're not beef eaters okay they're not beef eaters so anyways the what do you call the royal guys just the royal guys they're just the guards yeah okay because they come from different units and regiments okay that's rotating. fair enough that's fair enough I didn't want to misrepresent them uh, if if you look there are some really ones because. Uh, the, the the people, the tourists uh, from all over the world, not just America <laughs> and the Japanese, uh, they mimic them. They they make fun of them. Uh, they they do a lot of things with them standing right there because they you know they hold their thing, and uh, yeah, they try to do a lot of things to them. And uh, you know, I, I I give them credit for that. But if they get if you get in the way of them doing their duties, <laughs> God bless you. 
no matter there what are. sex uh, gender you are. <laughs> yep. However, there are examples on if you if you dig them out on YouTube, the, mm -hmm. there are examples because they are human beings. Right. Um, and there are examples where people have actually made them laugh. Mm -hmm. um, and there's one great example uh, where there's a little boy dressed in a guardsman's uniform. Oh, the red, and he's marching up and down, and the real guard comes off his guard post and marches with him. Oh, that's sweet. So they, there is a human side to them, but they are there to do a job. I mean, it's yeah. a ceremonial role as well as a, a, a you know a real role. Right. And like you have with the American tomb, uh, the unknown soldier. Uh, if you get in the way, you're going to get shouted at. Uh, these guys don't they just like clean them out uh, exactly yeah, yeah. They, they see you later <laughs> yeah it's not a case of uh, excuse me would you would you mind just stepping my oh no <laughs> right, right, move, move aside for the queen's guard yeah and, and yeah. if you don't they will just physically barge you out of the way exactly yeah and, um, those are the ones I was talking about and yeah. they uh it's amazing. I've actually seen it uh, when when uh, Mrs. P and I were in London before mm -hmm. I came over a couple of years ago. Uh, we went uh, during one of the uh, the guard changing ceremonies, and uh, the tourists were milling about, and they they over they spilled off the off the sidewalk and got in the way of the of the these were horse mounted guards. Oh gosh. And an, a, a foot guard came across, and he just shoved them and yep. yelled at them to get back. And when they when they remonstrated that they wanted to get a, a photograph, they were given a hearty shove mm -hmm. to get them out of the way. Exactly. I mean, yeah, the, the women or whatever. I mean, they're think it don't matter. Yeah, if you're doing it, they try. They have a duty to do, and yep. they're sworn to do that duty, and they do it. And if you're in the way. Uh, God bless you. Yeah, anyway. people think people think that their that you know their sole role is a tourist mm -hmm. attraction. Mm -hmm. um, it isn't. Yeah, you know, they're not like the costume guys at Disney World. I'm sorry. No, they they're, <laughs> they're, they're absolutely not. And uh, you know they will not speak uh, if you speak to them. Um, mm -hmm. You know they they put up with a lot because they can't move. But, you know right. while they're on, unless they. There are marching as well. Though. Unless they're marching or unless they're threatened or, you know, they, they have to do the job. But ordinarily, they'll stand there and they, they take an extraordinary amount of I know, uh, I know it's crap off, off, the, off people trying to, you know, provoke them. Or yeah. trying to, innocently trying to get their photograph taken. And then they get they get all upset. They're like, oh, my well, God, they actually touched me. People write in and complain. Oh, tough shit. Um, they, they complain that you know, the guard was mean to them, or the guard didn't smile at them, or the guard, you know, barked an order at them. And how how very dare they? They don't kind of understand that, you know, no, madam, he isn't a tourist attraction. No. Anyway, all right, going back to some of these traditions that are kind of strange, I guess, to us. Uh, the uh, the state opening of Parliament marks the beginning oh. of UK parliamentary session, but to kick oh. it off, the, the festivities, a rather strange tradition occurs. Before the Queen ceremony Mar of Black Rod. Well, before that, before, uh, well, maybe it's the same. Let me finish this, and then you can say if it's it or not. Uh, before Queen Elizabeth arrives for the ceremony, the royal household takes a member of Parliament hostage 
And this is ritual is a way to ensure that Sarah and the safe safety during the visit, especially when the monarch and Pilate were in, in conflict. So have you heard of that one? Yeah, that's just one of the uh, precursors to the... And then what they do is because... Um, the members of uh, each house, the House of Commons and the House of Lords, mm-hmm. equivalent to the Senate and the the um, what, what do you have? The House of Representatives. Right. Um, they have to be summoned. Uh, so um, the Black Rod marches from the Lords, uh, where the monarch, the Queen, is waiting, enthroned with her Lords, waiting to read her speech to open Parliament. And he marches down to the House of Commons, where the elected representatives are, and they slam the door ceremonially in his face mm. to assert their authority. He then bangs on the door, and the door has actually got, you know, they've worn, worn a big chunk out the door for doing yeah. for the last hundred and God knows how many years. Um, and he bangs three times, and they open the door and they ask him, you know, what's he want? And then he asks them, and they all go up there, and mm-hmm. they're all friends again. But there is a lot of these little ceremonies that continue. Um, and they're, like, for example, we had a new speaker elected um, for the House Boris? of Commons. Is this Boris? A speaker. Oh, not Prime Minister, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, my apologies. So, the Speaker is the person who oversees the day-to-day running of the House of Commons, the elected right. House. And so, they are the primary representative of that House and are there to ensure that the House of Commons plays by the rules. Hmm. Um, now, traditionally, that's, that job is elected, but uh, the person uh, being elected would often get into trouble with the monarch and so nobody wanted to do it. And so they had to be basically dragged, fighting and screaming, to the Speaker's chair to take the job. Wow. Um, And so what they do now is they ceremonially, they will elect somebody, and then that person refuses to take the job, and then they ceremonially and ritually drag him to the chair. Mm -hmm. And he sits on a wall sack. Which represents the, the 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 wealth of the country, right? Because it was derived from wool. Oh, there we are, and trade. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so well, all of these sorts of bits and nonsense. And it, it's not just it's not just in Parliament. For example, uh, in London and in Liverpool uh, and in many many other cities where you have hackney cabs. Yeah. Uh, well. There is still a law that's still uh, on the statute that says that if you are a cab driver, if you drive uh, one of these black taxis, Mm -hmm. then you you must provide a bale of hay um, and a a pail of water for your horse. (laughs) And there are many cab drivers, if you visit visit London or Liverpool, Manchester, some of the other cities, you will still see some of the, the cabs on the back parcel shelf of the of the of the yeah. car they will have a small bale of hay about the size of a brick mm-hmm. and a small container of water oh, wow. because the law requires that they have hay for the horse and water hmm. so this one here uh, this is kind of interesting when uh, prince harry and uh, Meghan markle uh got married uh they went against the royal grain but uh it 
their wedding day um, might have miffed or ruffled uh, Queen Victoria's feathers. It turns out that the late monarch did not approve of May weddings. She considered it unlucky in the fifth month of the calendar. The superstitious rhyme goes, Mary and May rue the day. So maybe this uh, marriage is not... Uh... I don't think we need to worry about uh, ruining the day. I think um, I think they're doing it to themselves. Mm-hmm. I think we have trouble with the bloody Americans again. And th- this is one we... Costa's, suspect- a, Costa's yeah, a king, that- you know. Yep. Yeah, that, that uh, one of your uh, countrymen. Really? Yeah, she cost us Edward VIII. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true, too. Anyway. But, uh, okay, so um, here's one that we've talked about a little bit, about the deaths of monarchs, but uh, Edward the Confessor, ruler of uh, England from 2042 to 1066, was reportedly the first monarch to practice the royal touch. During this ritual hearing, the sovereign would place his hands on a sick, per- sick person and cure him at the time. Uh, it is believed monarchs possess healing powers thanks to the divine appointment by God. And we talked a little bit about this when they executed him, right? Uh, well, when they executed Charles I. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but no, the, the divine touch of rulers is, is also included in the Bible. Oh, it is. And it was known in the Syrian times as well because rulers were gods or godlike, mm-hmm. um, gods on earth, including the Egyptian pharaohs, and they had godlike powers, and that did include healing powers. Uh, what you see is is a later medieval revivement, revival of that. Uh, but the Assyrians, um, the, the Egyptians, all practice that same belief structure mm-hmm. in the divine power of kings and queens. Mm. Yeah. So you've done. You've been to Bickling Hall, right? Uh, no. Oh, in Knockwalk. No, but we have a mutual friend who has been a tour guide at Bickling Hall. Oh, we do. Andrew Taylor. Oh, he is. That well-known dresser up. Yes, even more <laughs> than me. Even uh, more than me. <laughs> oh yeah, more than you. That not saying something. Yeah, and this this goes back to what we started the show on, because every year on May 19th, the anniversary of her execution, the uh, Anne Boleyn uh, has been spotted in a phantom coach drawn by four headless horses and a headless... I like like the way you say every year since, blah, 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 Anne Boleyn has been spotted, because... I'm just saying, this is what it says. No, no, fool it, what... This goes back to what we were talking about. Uh, Are you going to say next? It says the earth is flat. Yeah, I know, but drawn by four headless horsemen and, wait a minute, four headless horses, four headless horsemen holding severed heads on their lap. What the hell is all this with all the headless crap? Well, because Anne Boleyn had her head chopped off. So they got to kill the horses, the the horsemen, and walks around with a bunch of heads? Yeah, why not? Do you know, there, there were people, in fact, they, they still do um, occasionally, go down to Blickling on the anniversary, May 19th, and uh, wait. And um, I presume you did hear the, the pizza from... Oh, you can now, right. Um, and no, she hasn't appeared. Well, not in the last half century. Oh, that's a shame. So, in fact, there was one quite... Uh, there was one did this week. Move? Was, 
There was one this week that was doing the rounds on um, uh, the ghost of Maud Carew, who appeared the night before last at 11pm on the calendar, but she didn't show up either. Yeah, I'm telling you, this calendar's messing them all up. It's, they it, could them well it could well be. You know, you know it's, it, it's okay when they first die because it's close to it. They don't lose that much time. But now that we're so far ahead in the future, it's like totally messing them up. It's like, what the hell? I don't even know what time to get out of bed now. Um, all you've got to do is keep waffling for another minute. We've cracked it. <laughs> Unless you listen, of course you listen to the podcast, in which case, stop it now. Go and do something better. Yeah, anyway. All right, so we want to thank everybody. No! No. <laughs> no I meant, I'm talking to the podcast listeners. Oh. We're not going to say anything interesting in the next 30 seconds. If you want to switch off your podcast now and go and do something else, feel free. Okay. So, anyways, we want to thank our listeners and, of uh, course, the sports, our sponsors who are Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Glant Messier Family Law Group for High Street, Suite 155, North Andover, Massachusetts. So, uh, am I, I right in thinking that our sponsors pay for the privilege of sponsoring us? They. So, where's my cut? Why would you have a cut? I'm sorry, did show. you do something? I didn't realize you did. I, I, I co-host the show. Yeah, but uh, what work do you actually do? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we have to give it to so, Ben and to Roy because they, they are in it. Sorry, ass. Well, there's the heartbeat, which means uh, Steve's seething. So uh, we've got to go. <laughs> Anyways, uh, tune in next time. I'm sure we'll talk about something else. Yeah, it might even be paranormal. Yeah, good night, God bless. We talked about ghosts of Anne Boleyn. Yeah, eventually. Oh, I got there. Yeah, we saved the best for last. She's dead now. Yeah. Lost your way. Yeah, all right, fine. Good night. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us. Good luck.